this was rad. It's totally rad. Way rad. Fully rad. I should say that was gnarly. <laughs> and we are back with this was rad podcast, as always, loyally and consistently bringing you now your favorite '80s movies reviewed by us and the thirteen. No, thirteen. Woo! I'm going we'll back to the again. first year. <laughs> what are you? Twelve? I heart tart. I'm Paul. I'm Greg. I'm six. <laughs> okay. If we made a six-year-old watch this movie, we have we have problems. Don't triple me. I would love to see a six-year-old watch this movie and just you, to just you, to see if they laugh as hard as I do. I, I mean, you could have come to the bunker and watched it with me and my daughter, who was six. Oh, there you go. Right? She there was fine with friends. it. it was, she kind of got bored halfway through and like went and did something else. Yeah. 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 She didn't have to be on the podcast. Nope. Rocky. I'll take her in place of you. I don't know. Who knows? But you know what we did? You know what I do know? I do know that we watched 1985's Fright Night. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Not the remake, which came out in 2011. I didn't even know there was a remake. I didn't know there was a remake until I looked it up searching it on Amazon. And who is it? Colin Farrell is in that? Colin Farrell instead of Chris Sarandon. Yeah, he he takes over the vampire role. Uh, Chris Sarandon, for those of you at home who don't know that name... Uh, know him from another Tom Holland, Chris Sarandon vehicle that would come out a few years later, Child's Play. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Same uh, same, same writer, director, and actor, which is uh, interesting. We were... uh, but everyone knows him from The Princess Bride. Right, Pr- right. Prince Humperdinck. Um, that's, that's, that's the big one, everybody. Yeah, knows. yeah. So uh, <sighs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I recognize him. And then like, because you only see him at a glimpse at first, and then later on... Um, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's Prince Humperdinck. So. Okay, so you'd probably want to cut this out later. But when I read it on IMDb, I thought it said Humperdick. And I'm like, whoa, that's a serious name he might want to change. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot in one name. <laughs> I kind of freaked out. <laughs> well, I think that's what it's supposed to evoke if you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like, like Lord Farquaad. It's Hi. like you're not fooling anyone with that name. We know what you're trying right. to say. Maybe he yeah, should have right. kept it during this movie. Uh, yes, yes, he was very much more, uh, he's, uh, he's uh, more aggressive, I'd say, in this movie. Oh, that's a uh, little bit, a little bit. So, uh, Greg, what did you, what did you recall of this movie? Uh, well, you know, this is, this is one of those movies that I had seen only a few times. Uh, haven't, haven't seen this a ton, but I, I remember liking it and I remember, let's see, I remember Evil Ed specifically. Uh, Stephen Jeffries plays him, and he always plays the same kind of character in the 80s. That kind of, like, weaselly, kind of crazy best friend who's, like, angry at his station in life. Sure. I always remember the vampire face that Amy gets at the end, like the real, like the huge giant one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, like the, like the, like the big prosthetic face, because that's like a cool reveal. I remember in the basement, um, and I always remember the fake vampire movies that are playing with Roddy McDowell in them, because those are pretty funny to me. Oh okay. Where he has he has like the stake upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, see yeah. like the like wires like with like the fake like rubber bat. Like they yep. do a really good job lampooning like the the hammer films which is i'm I'm assuming what he's supposed to be from the from the like 70s and the 60s everyone's just a vampire crazy so uh how about you paul uh you know i gotta tell you greg 
I just did not do horror at all. Yeah. And uh, Does this I, count as horror? Uh, you see, now Willow actually raises a good point because kind of like Child's Play, this it's kind of like a comedy and horror mix. There's uh, a lot of comedy in this movie, like Child's Play. There's a lot of comedy in Child's Play, too. Yeah, I think... I pray for episode 101, Greg. I pray for it. I pray. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, reveal the, we'll reveal to the audience what that means later. But I pray for episode one, 101. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> it's, just, it's just constant. It's con- keep it's keep like, praying, Paul. That's like, all you've got. It's like, trying to, try, it's like trying to keep a puppy in a box. Yeah. So That's child abuse. So No, that's, that's animal abuse. It's animal <laughs> abuse, actually. So... I, I didn't do horror as a kid. I, like I mean, kind of like Child's Play. I didn't see that until I was much older. This one, I think what happened is I knew, I remember this as a kid. And I remember this being, you know, a movie that people were, like, kind of freaked out about. Um, and, and I agree with the comedy versus horror. The, the, the first half of the movie, I would almost say the first half, almost comes across like it's a comedy. Like, it, it's it's trying to be kind of dark and eerie, but it's just... It's not getting there, and everything's just a little too goofy. And then the last half, I mean, you could just tell that's where all the money went. You know, oh just, yeah, big all time. of it went into like these three scenes. And I can see where, as a kid, you know, in, in the '80s, that would have been freaky or scary. Um, but as far as what I remember about this movie, I remember it being around. I think what happened by the time I got to an age where I was good with watching horror movies, you know, my mid twenties there. I, I had completely forgotten that this movie existed again. Um, so I don't ever recall watching this specifically. It might have been on, like, USA Up All Night or something like that. That You know what? I bet you that is where I saw this movie, was yeah. USA Up All Night. Yeah. Because yeah. this, this is, like, a perfect example of the type of movies that they would show. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, this, it's, like, it's like, this, like, trauma movies would be, like, another one yes. that they did a lot oh, that's of where I, that's where I first watched Toxie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's where I'm at with this. Um, Willow, now, it's a vampire right. movie. We told you it was going to be a vampire movie. What did you expect out of Fright Night? Another horror with Dracula. Yeah, that's about it. I thought it'd have Dracula. And it was just you thought like, Dracula was going to be in this one? Yeah, because apparently that's the only vampire that existed till then. Well, no, because we had watched Lost Boys. Correct. But they weren't really. They're kind of fake. Okay. Well, I agree with you there. This one, I think, holds more to the tradition True. of vampires. Yeah, yeah. It it, it actually... It, it, I'm trying to think if it does anything weird. I, I don't think this, like, invented any sort of new rules. It's pretty much the uh, standard. Nope. Can't see him in a mirror. Can't come in unless they're invited. You yep. kill him with sunlight. They uh, stake through they the crosses, but only if you believe in them. Yep. Uh, that one was a twist that I didn't quite remember. I know the cross is always a big one, but the fact that you had to have real faith. Yeah. That was, uh, they put a lot more into that this time around than I've seen in other movies. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's one that doesn't come up a lot. I know that's actually a rather large plot point in like Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Okay. That's a big, big, big plot point where the priest basically loses his faith and then gets yes. bitten because he because he he was like a priest who had lost his faith kind of thing. But yeah, you you normally it's just like oh, it's a cross of vampire immediately runs away from it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it's not a traditional 
it's actually more of a traditional vampire movie. It's got a like, and we'll get into the movie as we go, but it's got a kind of like weird, like the burbs and monster squadish kind of vibe to it is what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. True. Um, yeah, this is, this is firmly in the eighties sort of l- look at the horror that can happen in suburbia. Yeah. yeah sort yeah. of motif. You, you do, you see, I mean, the burbs is a, is a classic example in monster squad. Yeah. Are, are, are great examples, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a recurring theme in the, in the eighties. Yeah. True. So, uh, well that, that, why don't we just go ahead and get into fright night. Well now, Charlie, you saw that. Are you convinced now that Mr. Dandridge is not a vampire? It can't be. But, but, but Charlie, you saw it. Now, you know as well as I do that no vampire can drink blessed water. And it wasn't blessed. Are you calling me a liar, young man? It starts out... It. Uh, it, With it, rats it, making out? <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't rats making out. Oh. It's this slow pan across suburbia, and you have all the names coming up, which, by the way, include Roddy McDowell. It's a Tom Holland film, which I remembered from Child's Play, um, yep. and that. As soon as you said, as soon as I went to Amazon to buy this movie, and I saw Amanda Burse on there, <laughs> I'm, I texted Greg, I'm like, effing Marcy Darcy's in this movie? Yeah, she is. Yeah. And, and like, so the, I'll, I'll be honest, the whole time in this movie, I just could not stop thinking that she was Marcy Darcy. And, and like, and like Charlie was what's her, uh, the, the first husband, uh, whose last name wasn't Darcy. Uh, Mr. Darcy was the second guy. Mr. Darcy. Was the second uh, husband. Was it Rhodes? Yes. It was yeah. Marcy Rhodes. Uh, what was the guy's first name now? Mr. Darcy. Whatever. This, this is a deep cut. I know. Well, it's married with children. Uh, but it just, yeah. the whole time. Like, every time she has a freak out on Charlie, I'm just like, oh, this is going to play very well into a role in two years. (laughs) Right, yeah. All you have to do is hold out. (laughs) This is not the film for you, but there is something coming. (laughs) We promise. And so what happened is they're playing, I guess, a videotape or something like that, and it started... They're watching watching Fright Night. Yes. On, which is, which is, this is something you and I are actually going to have to explain to our younger listeners, when... Paul and I were children, there would be television shows, occasionally local television stations, like like this one is in the movie, where every Friday night they would have a host introduce a scary movie, and in between commercial breaks, the host would like talk about the movie. And this these were there were tons of them. There I were was... there were big ones on TBS had Monster Vision, USA had Up All Night. Yeah, uh, but there were also local ones. Like I remember uh, TV thirty eight in Boston, uh, yes. where I grew up, had uh, a couple of these, and yep. it, was a, it was a pretty common thing. And this is what they're watching: they're watching Roddy McDowell, who's a famous actor in all these vampire movies and Fright Night, introducing one of his movies and talking about it. Yeah, one of the most, one of the more famous ones I think would have to be uh, Elvira. That's where she started. Yes, and she started on a local station, I think, in Los Angeles, and then she became, I think. I don't know if it was TBS or USA. It was one of those two. Um, but she was super big yeah. in, in the 80s and 90s yep. um, doing that exact thing, Mistress of the Dark. Like, that's where it stemmed yep. from. Um, and I would say I would say the, the one after that in the 90s that was real popular was Dinner in a Movie on TBS. Yes. That was, yeah. that was, that was uh, everybody knew what that was when we were kids. Everybody did. Yeah. So, anyway, in the movie, 
there's squealing that starts to happen, and it's a videotape being rewound or fast-forwarded um, in, in some ways, what it sounds like to me. And, but Willow was very, very concerned that rodents were, were making business in the background. I, I, you know, I guess we can't prove it's not happening. <laughs> See, there you go. Greg agrees that it could be. It's plausible, as the Mythbusters would say. I mean, it's tough to prove a negative, so. What would be the, Willow, let's assume for two seconds it's, it's mice making love. What would be the what would be the filmmakers? What are they What are they trying to get across to the audience by oh, opening no. their opening their movie with a pan of suburbia with names and then two mice? Okay, so how about they go from pan from the mice to the kids on the bed and then Charlie getting upset and going, "Whoa, those mice have a better life than him," and then everyone just laughs. Oh, okay, so this it's is a comedy. Okay, okay, so the mice are like, this is what it could be like, and then it goes to stupid humans. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I guess. I guess you could say that, that what you're opening with is the mice, and then you cut to the people, and, and it's a setup where like, oh, the mice are to the people what the people are to the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Willow is cool with my theory. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Go for it, Greg. Live your dream. <laughs> Live... That's not my dream, Willow. I'm trying to interpret your bizarre fever dream. Right, right. He's trying to explain your idiocy. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to help you out, and you're over here throwing shade on me. Not Sorry, I ain't making a tea for today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we find... Is tea like slang for something? No. Oh, we're, we're, I'm tired of slangs. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we pan up, and there's two kids uh, macking on the floor. Um, which was odd at first until later on you kind of get it because the mom's awake downstairs. But it's Marcy Darcy and, and Charlie, and they're, they're macking out. And this this is going to play in t- later for me. But Marcy is like, I, I don't know what her actual name is, by the way. I didn't Amy. Know. Amy. We'll go with that. Uh, so I <laughs> long or Marcy? We, we can too. go with it because that is literally the character's name. <laughs> okay. It's perfectly acceptable. Fair enough. I, I'm I'm Willow agreeing with your theory. <laughs> so so Amy doesn't want to go quote unquote all the way because you know she's a good girl and all that stuff and and Charlie's really trying to go for it. He even says it, it, it's been a year. It's like buddy, they're going to be dry spells much longer than that. You just got well, to get get through them. What 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 I love is that it turns out this entire movie is just about Charlie having sex with Amy. Mm-hmm. Literally, this whole adventure, that's, it's just getting rid of the one obstacle. Yes. Which which is really Charlie and his attitude. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it totally it's is. It's really all it is. It really it's, is. It's him getting over the, the one thing so he can, he can wind up expressing his emotions in a physical way with his girlfriend. Right. It's, that's, that's literally the whole film. And, um... I, I I wrote from another point of view. If this entire movie is from Amy's point of view, it's the scariest, most depressing horror film <laughs> of all time. <laughs> because she just goes from one monster to a literal monster and then back to another monster again. Right. She routinely apologizes for things that are very not her fault. <laughs> right. And she is willing to spend the only amount of money she has to save Chris halfway through the movie. Like, it's... Really creepy and sad. What I found like really odd is like 
apparently she waited like a whole year and now she's like throwing herself at him like and it's really depressing at that point no like she, she literally throws himself at him and he's like gotta find the vampire honey no okay kind of so at this but point now you know how he feels at this point what happens is amy reluctantly agrees she goes on the bed and she starts to disrobe charlie is immediately distracted from uh, something outside, which is two guys that look like they're carrying a casket right. into the basement. And and he's he's just called her right off. And he's like, dude, whatever's happening next door will absolutely be there tomorrow. I <laughs> see. I'm I am. I'm going to fall on Charlie's side on this for one reason. One and one reason only. Mm hmm. You see two people walking through the dead of night with a casket and it's going into the place where you live next door. Yeah. When's that happening again? Odds, never. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the odds. Listen, are listen, never. Jessica Fletcher wrote wrote books about people dying. Who was to know that 127 people were going to die within her general vicinity? Right. Well, okay, fair, fair. Right. So it's it's completely plausible that every house or apartment Charlie moves into from this point to the end of his life, someone will ultimately carry a casket into the basement next door. That would be an amazing television show. Where it's just about <laughs> him moving town to town and constantly having vampires move in next to him. Wouldn't it, though? And it's that always... That would be an amazing show. And every casket is different, so you know it's a new casket. Yeah, yeah. Like some, some of them are like red, the dazzled. You know, some of them are like 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 designer caskets. Some of them are just like cardboard boxes. Like, but they're all yeah. I one of that. one of them is a kiss casket, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, of course. <laughs> no, the band yeah. Kiss. I know. <laughs> Although I guess a casket with giant lips on it would be pretty funny too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, either of those. You know what? Let's do two episodes. And we can have each one of those. So. <laughs> right. Well. Right. We'll do both caskets in one episode. Charlie sees so, a casket okay. next door. So, Him and Amy run downstairs. Charlie is very much on this. There's a casket next door. The mom, she does not care. I love how the mom... Oh, no, no, no. We find out later she only cares when she hears he has a live-in male carpenter. And she is like, oh, man, he's probably gay. <laughs> then she's, like, really upset. Well, what I like about the mother is she is clearly using without using her hands... Putting air quotes on study. Oh yeah, in such totally. a great manner. Like I kind of like the mom in this movie. She's so, yeah. She's the mom, with the it. mom's like aware enough and like seems to be. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I'm. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how your your teenage years were, but there was like the stupid dance you always did where your parents clearly knew what you were up to but you like socially agreed that neither one of you would admit to what was happening yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and there was that weird facade and this mom's just kind of like i get it let's be honest i was my young dad once never i get it dance. your dad left me you're all i have i i have to cling <laughs> on to you i get yeah you know what that might be part of it so but at least but you know what she could be like daniel's mom from uh, karate kid who's a little too into her kid <laughs> yes that is true right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, did we have fun on that one? So anyway, fun. anyway, no um, air quotes. Chuck, no. <laughs> basically, Chuck hears uh, Charlie, the main the main character. Charlie, he hears uh, just an absolute terrible scream in the middle of the night. Yeah, and yeah, I found yeah. it weird There's that only stuff, he yeah. heard it and not his mom. Right, but no, he tries to okay. go get her. Um, I'm 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 skipping ahead. No, 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 bit, and that's but, perfectly fine because okay, want to get um, to the next Char part. Charlie sees a girl go into the house. 
And then, then he hears a scream, and then he sees on the news, he sees the woman's face, and it's like, oh, prostitute, uh, yeah. you know, labeled missing. To which I said, that town has a real good <laughs> handle on where their prostitutes are at all times, because they knew within... From the nighttime to the daytime, she was missing. <laughs> so does that mean, like, her pimp walked into the police station and was like, I gotta put a missing person report. My girl didn't clock in today at 9 a.m. She never misses a shift. Oh she, my. Must be, she must be dead. Oh, my God. Which one was it? I hope it wasn't Bonice. Yeah, and then, like, Bonice everyone just scrambles. It's, it's like a real kind of nice small mentality, like, small town mentality. Like, it's, you know, everyone's all hey, listen, up, in, up listen, in arms. It's listen, great. they may be prostitutes, but they got a heart of gold. <laughs> They do good for the community. They they help out of the children's center. It's like they 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 are pillars, pillars. I say of this. Hey, community. their money is just as good as anyone else's, Paul. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, the the missing hooker is very important. Immediately, everybody knows she's missing. It's crazy. Yeah, so uh, some more stuff happens. Let's just get to Charlie with actual. Can we talk about his car and how it's unfinished. Oh, oh really it's, it's like me. the half-painted car? Yeah. yeah. just You know what? Just paint the rest of it and gray. And it wasn't, like, paid off, <laughs> it's, it's like, mostly, later, it's where you can minor. identify it's his car? Like, nope. it just never paid off. It was, like, weird. Yeah, what, what weirded me out was, like, it was painted by a crazy person, because a regular person, I feel like, would be like, all right, I don't have a ton of paint, so let's do, like, the hood and the front two quarter panels, and then I'll do the rest of it. This person was just like, nope, I'm just going to paint some over here, and I'm going to paint over here, and I'm going to paint over here, and there were just giant patches. Uh, it's so, you, you know what it actually is, right? That it was made by a person with schizophrenia? What? No, it's primer. It, it, it's 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 Bondo. It's So what you do is, to get super technical for those few people that care about cars, and by the way, I'm, I'm not I'm a car rest. person. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a car person, cars, so but... I was in auto for three years because it got me out of gym. Um, I was in auto for one week. There you go. So it, it's it's like it's material that you back in the eighties. Like every all cars are made out of plastic now. Right. So yeah, you just, yeah, they're not made out have, of steel anymore. If something gets broken or damaged, like one of the panelings, a hood or whatever, you have to replace it. it, it it's plastic. Um, back in the up until the late nineties, it was all metal. So what you would do is you would like if you had like that car probably had rust spots and bangs and, and crunches. You hammer them out. You use bondo or other oh, materials yeah, we did that to fill it out, already. and you smooth it like that. Okay. You smooth it, and then you cover it with primer, just like you would any other kind of paint. And a lot of people, what they would do is they would get to the point of doing the priming, and then they go, "Okay, now I got to paint this." But car paint, specific car paint, like you take the Mako, is very expensive to do. Where primer is like eight bucks a bottle or a can. <laughs> so, so people would just. Go so it didn't look totally trash. Like I've covered the rust spots, okay, but now it, now it looks like a dying dingo. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 you're just like, yeah, you can't see that rust. <laughs> no, you couldn't, right? And so when I cut this all out, you yeah. would have known what I. What well, now. You know, oh, oh, can we can we insert the uh, that sound effect they play in Reading Rainbow <laughs> after you're done? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, so anyway, um, that's what the that's what that is. Anyway, Charlie is in his room and he looks across the way. We have a peeper. We haven't had a peeper oh, in so long. Have we made up for it with Charlie? Yes. Wow. Wow! Because wow, wow. Charlie looks yes. across and he immediately—I knew those binoculars were going to come back. He picks up the binoculars and throws them on his 
and we see a woman disrobe. Yeah. Uh, wow. Now, wow. It's, it's important that we say <laughs> these houses are not far apart. No, no. There may be, I mean, let's, let's give a conservative estimate. 20 here, feet. <laughs> I was going to say between 20 and 25 feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, to a point where... If you're looking at a window, you can clearly tell if someone's watching you. See, this is the thing. I haven't seen this movie in so long. When this scene came up, I was like, oh, the vampire is, like, showing Charlie, like, oh, like, you think you know what's going to happen. Like, look, I really am a vampire. Yeah. Like, I thought he was trying to scare him. And that's that's not what's happening. (laughs) They're just unaware that their window, which also faces the window of a child, (laughs) <laughs> no, just getting naked in front of it, and Charlie's just wrapped with what's sh- happening. Oh, really? Because I got, I thought, I thought the vampire and the girl were like looking right at Charlie. It no, because what happens is halfway through, yeah, he's about to bite the girl, and he notices Charlie, and he closes the window shade. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's why. If if that if that wasn't in there, I like it's a it's a total like I'm doing this so you see me like 100. percent Okay. Okay. Yes. And so what ends up happening is Charlie sees that he wants to go investigate. He runs down and he's going to go next door. I don't know what his plan is once he gets well, there. Yeah, I have I have no idea. And and he he sees them what are what are they? They're loading a body into a car or something. They're loading something into a car. Well, yeah. Now what did Charlie do because he sees that and the scene is he runs downstairs. There's no cuts. He doesn't, like, did he stop and have a sandwich? Did he have to use the restroom before he ran outside? Because Humperdinck is outside, and he's fully clothed, and they're loading a body. Which he is doing continuously through the film. Yeah, what's up with that? I I, I don't know, but that's just, he's always eating apples. (laughs) Was that an actor's choice? I don't know. I, I, I mean... Is it very weird. trying to say something? I don't... I mean, you sink your teeth into an apple. I, 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 I got no, nothing. Because oh. later on, he's eating oranges. He just always has oh. fruit with him. He just loves, he loves fruit. Yeah. I would have said, said if it's just apples, it's because it's a fruit of sin and death. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Willow's correct. The apple is incorrectly um, linked to the Garden of Eden story, even though the, the word apple never appears in it. Yeah, I would, I would, I would. Well, say I guess that since that they're doing it appropriately, and it says fruit, I mean, I guess it, they are. It, following. Yeah, it literally just says fruit. It never actually says what the fruit is. I guess they are. Then they are following it directly. Yeah, many, many people leave. They're it covering their bases different. with apples and oranges. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, pomegranate? No, that's too obscure. What else grows on a tree? Uh, pears. <laughs> no, actually, they think it's a pomegranate. But anyway. Oh really? Oh, there we go. That's anyway, good. um so Charlie goes to the cops, he gets a cop who definitely looks like he is three weeks away from retirement. Oh, this cop is checked out on that. <laughs> He's like he the not... guy in um Life of Pets. What? He's like the guy in Life of Pets. Oh god. Yeah. We <laughs> the watched... Secret Life of Pets? No. Yeah. Yes, we watched that movie because it's on Netflix. In Dad there there is an older black gentleman with a white beard, and apparently this gentleman looks like him. And <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> Willow. Just... Well, you almost cried over this old guy that was only in there for yeah. two minutes. And then I was angry. Moving on. They go they go <laughs> so, to the vampire's so anyway, house. God's anyway, crying. anyway. I love I love how Charlie his plan is to tell the cops, which he does, but like, Charlie, come on, man. <laughs> like 
the cops react about as well as you'd expect once he gets they get inside the house. <laughs> now, 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 hold on, hold on. I want it because I wanted to talk about this specifically. Hello, police. I'd like to report someone next to me who's been killing uh, those prostitutes that are missing. Oh, okay. Okay, what's your name? Charlie. Okay, I'm going to pick you up, Charlie, and I'm going to bring you into the house of said murderer so we can all just get a look around. Right. And as soon as the cop gets in there, he's, like, telling them, like, oh, this kid over here has been telling me that you've been murdering people. And I'm like, "Is that's not safe. Do you go around telling all the victims of, like, crimes who, like... (laughs) <laughs> telling them what's happening like oh by the way uh, this person over here accused you of a bank robbery <laughs> but, but you know see you later <laughs> it just seems like bad procedural work i guess well we've already hold on we've already established that this town considers their prostitutes the, the icons of the neighborhood i kind of feel like they would like like if some shady guy was just always had his trunk open next to a school or, or, no, 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 there's a guy in front of a school with a van that literally says free candy on it. I think Ooh, the cops yeah. would just come up and go, can you believe these guys think you're trying to kidnap kids? We know you just got candy in there. Let the kids Man. in. Yeah. The cops starts helping the kids into the van. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's just, just like, well, the, guy's, the guy's like, oh, yeah, Charlie told us here. <laughs> yeah. He just immediately rats Charlie out. And like, I I anyway. love, uh, I love, does he ever have a name, the carpenter? I call him Renfield because that's what he's supposed he does, to be. Yeah, that's, I prefer, he does have a name, but I, I cannot remember I feel like I've seen him is. before. Uh, he looks familiar-ish from 80s movies. But anyway, I call him Renfield. That guy has the greatest reaction. The cop's like, the, this guy says that you've been killing people in here. And, and the guy just goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that is preposterous. You know, this kid should have <laughs> like, done. over the top. And then the, him and the cop are just, oh, oh, it's just so funny. <laughs> oh, oh, they are having a laugh riot. Yeah. They love it. And of this, course, I'm sorry, Charlie made the wrong move going to the police. He should have read the book, What to Do When You Find Out Your Neighbor's a Vampire. Duh. When was that written? 1952. Sadly, it, was, it was written in 1984. He, he would have had to wait a year. Yep. See? Man. He didn't have that book. Charlie went on to write that book. Ew. <laughs> so your neighbor's a vampire. <laughs> Prove me wrong, people. I will. So, so anyway. Um, we do see one kind of important plot point here where he sees a picture of a woman that looks just like amy in the house yes he does yes. wow and uh so now now nobody believes that there are vampires over here charlie is alone he you know his friends don't believe him just nothing well no he and, no he goes to evil ed's house um oh, okay and, no you're right okay and he goes right. there yeah, and he says you know i got a vampire next to you and, and ed just starts going through like the regular rigmarole um, I don't know if you want to delve in. We're already pretty long in. No. I don't know if you want to get into Ed. Well, okay, you know he, what? No, we're going to delve into Evil Ed because I want to know what LARP system Evil Ed is prepping for because he has a lot of stuff in his house and he knows a lot about vampires. So I'm thinking what? he's definitely in some kind of world of darkness. Uh, yeah. What I want to know they, is the wait, name wait. of his mother who named him Evil Ed. Well, that's just it. No, no, no. That's his nickname is Evil Ed because he keeps saying, stop calling me evil. So, yeah, he doesn't like the name either. But they call him Evil Ed. When they get to his room and you saw that stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I see where the nickname came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, do you like my, my skull collection <laughs> it's got, over here? It's got, it's got, look, I, I, I don't want to call a goose a gander here, but, you, you know, listen, 
you seem to be going for a motif. I'm going to call you Evil Ed. No, don't call me Evil Ed. Yeah. You got a lot of evil stuff in your room. Maybe a, maybe a couple unicorns. <laughs> Shake things yeah, up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, cut the hair. Oh, yeah. E- yeah, big time. Cut so anyway, e- Evil out. Ed gives us the, the info dump for vampires for yeah. people that have like never heard of a vampire and have no concept of what you're supposed to be able to do to kill them. But uh, he kind of lays down the rules of the film, and he lays down one of the big ones, which is they can't come into your house unless the owner of the house invites them, uh, which, which matters for all of three seconds. Well, you saw that coming, like, so far ahead. It was so stupid. However, because it literally, I feel yeah, like the mom should have been like, meet your new dad. Y- yes. Well, hold yeah. on, Willow. you got to set up the scene before you get to a joke like that, because it makes sense. He comes home. He starts prepping his room. His mom goes, honey, come on down. I want you to meet someone. This kid should have just gone, ah, oh, crap, Mom. You let the vampire yeah, in. Yeah, I, I agree. A better scene would have been him immediately knowing what was what was going on. Yeah, down. it would have been better. Charlie is horribly clueless to, like, everything <laughs> so in this stupid. film. He goes down, and, and, of course, the neighbor's facing away from him, and the mother is like, this is our new neighbor, Mr. Danbridge. Jerry Danbridge. Right? And he turns around, and it's... And it's the vampire. Two things. Uh, Willow, I'm completely with you on that. Yes, the mother, the way she talks up this neighbor, she's just like, and this is, this is, is it getting hot in here? Uh, Charlie, uh, this is Mr. Danbridge. Uh, he'll be moving uh, into my room. I mean, um, the house next door. And, uh, um, oh, God, it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, that mom. Your dad's is, been dead is, a long time now, Charlie. Oh, you go. Dad is dead. I like the '80s divorce. Oh, I thought he was already Ooh. said to be dead. If they did, I missed it. And uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but then the other thing is, do you think Danbridge has like a little tape recorder in his jacket, and so every time he you see him appear, he just kind of clicks it, and that music, that synth music starts. <laughs> that synth music plays. <laughs> it's just like. Why, hello, Charlie. Do 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 do. He think he recorded it himself. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, yes. He did. Yeah, he, yes. he he just hadn't set up the studio next door to <laughs> yes. finish his awesome synth pop odyssey. Well, he's that he got wrote. that awesome radio system in there later on. With Amy. it's true, and you're just like, oh, okay, this guy really likes making an entrance. Uh, yeah, big time. So anyway, now the vampire is like, hey, I can come into your house whenever I want. Yeah. So, of course, later on, Charlie is asleep, and he wakes up to sounds on the roof. Of course, it's the vampire. Yeah. Um, so, a very long set of scenes here, where we basically see he has no reflection in a mirror, and he's taunting Charlie by basically saying, like, he gives him he gives him the one out, where he's like, hey, forget everything you've seen, stop talking about me, I'll leave you and your mom alone. You're, like, you'll just, we'll just, like, let it all go. And you know what Charlie should do? He should go, okay. oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yes, Mr. Sure. Vampire. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. what is the vampire going to do? Check on him later? Right? Just, just let it go, I mean, buddy. they have super hearing, so he could hear him. Ah, uh, that is selective hearing. Very male-like. <laughs> Much like the mom has when he, when he says, we <laughs> yeah. wouldn't want to wake your mom, and then he throws Charlie through <laughs> yes, a closet yes. door <laughs> the, the, within a second of saying that, and the mom does not wake up. No, not a thing, right. And so he, they so have anyway, this fight scene. He does this thing, and maybe you can explain this to me, where the vampire is like, we'll let bygones be bygones, and Charlie's like, oh, no, no, and he tries to show him the cross and he just laughs him off. 
and he starts to just like really slowly push Charlie out a window, like like ludicrously slow. So I'm like, were you just trying to scare him because this is you're you're taking really too long? He's already scared. <laughs> and Charlie grabs a pencil and stabs him in the arm, and of course that that like really hurts him. Well, no, so, I, I think what's what the it, vampire's motivation here? I'm a little confused. I think what it is is when he first pushes him out the window, the that picture of Amy falls out yes. and lands on the fence. And I right. think I think the vampire has Charlie half out, but Charlie's holding on to him, and the vampire's like, "Oh, you gotta go out the window. Oh, but I can't go out the window. Oh, you gotta go out the window. Oh, but I can't go out the window because he's afraid he's gonna fall on the fence." Okay. Oh, true. Also, I think Charlie was stupid, and they during the scene he just couldn't get the pencil fast enough, and they were like, "Keep going." <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Get to the pencil, Charlie. And he's like, but no, reach. I gotta act this up. This is my story. <laughs> <laughs> we're, bur- we're burning tape here. <laughs> listen, listen. We have a million dollars worth of costume we gotta get to. Get- hurry it up. But so this anyway. is my favorite scene. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we see we see the vampire go full vampire after he gets stabbed. Yeah. You know, he looks all creepy with the prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, he flees out the window, and we see what I am going to say is a brand new vampire power I have never seen in any film, and it's to instantly know a phone number of a person you want to call to harass <laughs> because Jerry's phone rings and it's the vampire from next door. I was okay with that because he might have got it from the mother earlier. Oh, okay, right. More, more like if more you, like he didn't try. It was specifically given to him immediately. If you don't think that mother didn't practically assault him on the way out, what oh damn, Rich, you forgot my number. Please call me anytime. What if it's a Shimigami vampire and it can see like everyone's like death time left and like their name and number? Somebody's been Wait, watching are you Death about Note. Sh- Shin Megami Tensei. I think the so. Japanese game. No, Shin Megami. It's called. It's like she's been watching a lot of Death Note. It's like a god death. death. Note. Yes. It's good. I'm sorry you're watching a lot of Death Note, Willow. That's such a good series, and then it gets really dumb. Don't worry, I'll write your name on mine. I'm gonna order it. Yeah, please do. I'm I'm worth <laughs> far more dead than I am alive, Willow. Please do. <laughs> Honestly, I'll write it as both. It's okay. <laughs> so rock, rock and roll. Yeah. Death sweet embrace ain't something I fear, Willow. Wait till you become my age. You won't either. So anyway, Paul, uh, what happens the next day? He goes what, to, what's Charlie go out and do? He tries to go get Mr. Vincent. <laughs> the most logical choice is, oh, I have to go talk to a TV celebrity. Because <laughs> well, what else who is claims to do it because yeah. everyone on TV is so honest, right? Right. I get why he does because Vincent has pretty much set himself up as a real life modern day Van Helsing. Yeah, he does. He 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 specifically says, "I believe in vampires, even if like the youth of today don't or right. whatever." Right. Oh no no no. He does even better. He put. I wrote a scathing indictment against the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. He goes, yes. "All people want now are a bunch of guys in hockey masks killing virgins." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not virgins anymore. <laughs> so anyway, I was gonna say, anyway, right? You never uh, killed. Jason has never killed a virgin. He's he's not here in this at all. Uh, uh, Roddy McDowell no. is just like, "Oh yeah, thanks." You know what I'm gonna do? Get in my car and drive away. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. he is out of there so fast. Which, um, well, pretty much, uh, that's his character throughout the rest of this movie. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, is this yeah. a sensible problem where I am been put on the spot? I had better run. Yep. <laughs> Wait, watch me make tracks. Uh, so, so now we cut to a great scene because it makes zero sense. 
uh, Amy and Evil Ed have shown up to Chris because they're like, oh man, Chris is having like a really rough go with Charlie. And they, I mean, Charlie. And they open it up and they see he has turned his room into a like Roman Catholic church. There's like 8,000 candles, (laughs) open flames everywhere. That house is burning down in a matter of minutes. He robbed a Pier 1 Imports. Garlic is just all over the place, and he's like, "I'm gonna go next door, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna kill the the vampire because that's my only option." And they're like, "All right, why don't you hold on? You can't go in there by yourself. Let's figure this out tomorrow. We'll all we'll all figure this out." It's it's such. You know what? I want to see the mom just walking in, big. Hey, honey, I'm home. <laughs> no, it's such a, no, it's such a, it's such a, uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> scene where it's like, oh, it's simple. We kill the Batman. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like when they open up and he's got all, he's got his whole fence on his bed and he's just carving out stakes and he's like, uh, Charlie, what, what are we going to do? Oh, it's simple. We, we kill the vampire. <laughs> and like, even when, when, when a guy named Evil Ed looks at you like you've made yes. an insensible decision in your life, right, you need to right. just stop. It's like it's like when Alex Jones is calling you out for being crazy. <laughs> you need yes. to really stop and think about what you're doing. Okay, okay. I really need just a weekend to myself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's if that's not the biggest wake up call or <laughs> Evil Ed is trying to talk you down. Evil Ed, who we can tell just delights in chaos of all kinds. Oh my god, this dude is huffing paint in between takes. Oh uh, yeah, like the yeah. like the actor is clearly on some kind of substance. I'm pretty sure he was like just injecting adrenaline into his voice box <laughs> yeah. so we could get that cackle right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Stephen Stephen Jeffries, I love you. You're fantastic. I hope you listen to the podcast. You're great. Uh, um, Amy still, goes. By the to... way, Stephen Jeffries still working. Like constantly good okay still like like i always i always like to see that but so amy and ed go to uh roddy mcdowell's character yeah. um and they're like look we'll give you 500 bucks can you please convince my friend our next door neighbor is not a vampire and he well at first they're just like can you please help us and he's like no absolutely not and they're like we'll give you 500 dollars." and he goes absolutely i will yeah okay how <laughs> how how desperate is she to get laid that she'll pay five hundred dollars just to get him off the edge? Willow, that is an amazing, an amazing that. insight. That's hundred percent correct. Not only will she pay five hundred dollars, she'll hatch the most elaborate, like Scooby Doo scheme to, to set her boyfriend's mind at ease. Mister Vincent, I know I've held out for a year, but my nether have got to be touched. Here is five hundred dollars. Please help. Talk about working the long game. Because that's, that's spend 500, talk to the next door neighbor, come up with the props. It's so <laughs> weird. So much, so so much I mean, there's so much other things you can spend $500 on. Yes. Especially 1983 $500. Especially that's, what? That's, there's already hookers in town. They couldn't have made $500. I would hope not. That seems outrageous. So anyway. Um, outrageous. They, they, of course, uh, they go to go next his door. house. So they go to Danbridge's house, um, where apparently he uh, he also believes in a dog heaven. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say all the clocks. Yes. It's- okay. Real quick, because it's going to come back later. The clocks are obviously set for when sundown is. Sun, yeah, sunrise and sunset. But sundown happens at a different time every day. 
Right. Is Renfield literally walking mm-hmm. through and adjusting every clock every... Yes. Why does he not kill himself? Well, I think we find out that Renfield's not like a person. He's like a like a construct or something, right? He's like... Or he's, oh. he's like a ghoul, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He has like a... Uh, a, a con- yeah, homunculus or something like that. Yeah, because like he bleeds green eventually. Yeah, so yeah. No, Okay, that's true. Right, right. He's not bound by the, the thoughts of man... He's just, he's literally built to serve. Good. Okay, that's yeah. a good point. Thank right. you. Yeah, no problem. I don't no know problem. if we've solved any world crises with that answer, but I feel better. Case closed on this one, Paul. Case We're closed. knocking them down. Yeah. Our rate of case closes are very, very high. I love it. Now, they go there. Um, they try to they try to convince Charlie that he's, he's not a vampire. They give him holy water. Which, which they have Tap set up ahead of time. They've called uh, Jerry, the yeah. vampire, and said... Hey, look, we're just going to give you tap water. You can drink it. You can show Charlie you're not a vampire. The whole thing will be done. Now, I did think for a second he just brought holy water because who cares? He's not really a vampire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, like, because but it's set up the, the few times that they've gone to visit uh, Peter Vincent, Roddy McDowell's character. He has, like, every prop from every vampire movie. Right. And it wouldn't be weird if, like, he drinks it and it, like, starts to burn his throat and he's like, oh, that was a prop from some Italian fi- vampire film I did. And they insisted on, like, actually blessing the props. Like, uh, you know, like, like yeah, you yeah. can totally see that scene happening. I agree. Well, I, I was more anticipating that Danbridge would do something after the scene to show what happened. Like, he would just suddenly topple over with pain. But it didn't happen that way. Instead, it's, I think it's more like what you're saying. They're props. It was never blessed. Right. Because this guy is a con artist. He knows he's just an actor. Um, right. He thinks. Right. And so, um, we now this is also where we see the vamp um, for the first time hit on Amy. Yeah, because he sees Amy and suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, you look a lot like somebody. Now, I am really glad they didn't do some stupid reincarnation thing. He specifically says, you, you, look. Remi- you look a lot like someone I used to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's fine. Um, they... As they're leaving, Vincent actually notices that uh, Danbridge does not have a reflection. And in classic Vincent, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent is gone. He's just out the door. <laughs> he, he, he is out of that house faster than a guy who just got his divorce settlement. He is gone. I am done. I don't need to be here at all. He just runs out of that house. Um, yep. And let's see, uh, anyway, as he leaves, now the kids, they go from suburbia to, uh, <laughs> to like urban, a downtown, like, the middle of the city. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Get and, um, why this the only happens. reason they're on foot is, is Jerry wrecked, um, uh, Charlie's car. So they, uh, yes, they the vampire killed anywhere. his car. They're walking, point, yeah. evil but, Ed and Charlie are walking Amy home. Hold on. But who gives a crap? Charlie lives next door. Okay, so Amy lives on the other side of town? Apparently, yeah. Apparently she lives way on the other side of town. So they start walking down. There's a dark alleyway. Evil Ed gets killed. Oh, well, we think killed. He gets... He we, we get... Uh, he gives the fake-out scare where he yells he's being attacked. Everyone shows up. Ha, ha, ha. I was just joking. Then he actually gets attacked, and then no one believes he's being attacked. Right. Yeah. Whoa. Um... The other two walk down, apparently some sort of uh, warehouse district, and then there's a club. <laughs> and and I, I love how there's literally no one on the street except at that club. 
No yeah, one yeah, is yeah. like walking to the club. No one's walking home from the club. Everyone <laughs> right. is just at the club. And then here's the thing. They're outside with the crowd of people. Just stay with the crowd of people. Yeah. Even if you don't get in the club. Right. Just stay with the club. Yeah. No. So yeah, so so uh, uh, Dan Bridge, the vampire, is is like stalking them. Yes, they jump in through an open window by the kitchen of the club, and then run into the club and call who do, is it? Do they they call Peter Vincent? Right? They yes. call Rodney yeah. McDowell's character. Yeah. Meanwhile, the vampire uh, Jerry has shown up and starts. I'm gonna guess like hypnotic sort of seduction thing on Amy. It's not particularly well explained. I don't think he needed it. I mean, yeah, a part of me is kind of like, oh, well, is it just, is this like sort of where like Amy is like looking at a, like a better version of like her boyfriend or is she under his thrall? It's, it's right. No, I think she's just desperate. No, that's true. Um, but that's no. a that is that theory. Willow is going to hold a lot of water. <laughs> so let's, a lot. Oh, She's paid five hundred bucks. Oh, wait till she paid five hundred dollars. Oh, wait till she we wants get her money's worth. Wait till we get to the end. Uh, but anyway, no, I think it's a thralling thing, right? Because vampires, okay, they okay. always say that they can uh, charm any woman. Um, just by looking into their eyes. So I think that's what it is. Why not any There's, man? Okay. Honestly, Adam West doing the Batusi was a less <laughs> awkward dance than this. The, and it's so long. I know. It is like forever. 10 minutes long. It needed to be 60 seconds long. It is so stupid. Um, and, and so inevitably Charlie sees the dancing. He runs over. Ah, what are you doing with my girlfriend? He just like goes full vampire, freaks everybody out. Yeah. Uh, Charlie gets separated from Amy and Danbridge sweeps in in the confusion, grabs her and heads home. Now, he takes her home. You, you're Charlie. You know who it is. People have just been killed by someone. Why don't mm-hmm. you just stay there? Tell the cops. I just saw who killed three people barehanded. I know where he lives because he was chasing me and my girlfriend. Go to the guy's house. Because the police don't believe him. Is it that, or is it just because you think he's like, oh, I'm going to get that retirement cop again. He just does not want to deal with this. <laughs> he just wants to retire. That's it. So instead, he goes and gets Vincent, all the while his girlfriend. Well, well, well before before he goes to get Vincent, Evil Ed, who is now a vampire. Oh, he shows up Vincent's, at Vincent's, yeah. Uh, Vincent, and, and tries to kill him. And uh, this is where he takes the cross and puts it on Evil Ed's head, and it burns a cross in his head, and then he 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 runs away. Which is such a plot hole for me, because it works on Ed, and then we'll see later on, because we already talked about the Faith thing, that Vincent's thing doesn't work on Danbridge. And I, like, I guess maybe because one of them is like a thrall of a vampire versus a Yeah, vampire. maybe. It's, yeah, it's stupid, right? It, no, it it is. I mean, I would have even accepted a thing where it's like, Oh, it works on them because they associate the cross with a holy, as a holy object. But maybe Danbridge is so old he doesn't, so it doesn't work on him. It's almost like a psychological thing for a vampire. I think that would hold a little bit of water, even though it's weak. Well, or, but I agree. The crosses kind of work when they when it's convenient that they work, and then don't work when it's well, convenient that they don't. work. And that's what it is. Danbridge at one point says you have to have faith for that faith for that to work on me. I but, think that's getting him to doubt it, though. I think that's how he used. Well, that. I think it would have been better if Danbridge had said, "You need to have more faith than you have in that." 
for it to affect me. Something like that that really solidifies that Vincent doesn't have enough to affect him, even though we see later on Charlie does. I think by him just saying you need more would have helped because he doesn't say it that way. Anyway, I guess it's neither here nor there, but um, eventually, yeah, he fights him off. Charlie shows up and says, oh, we got to get my girlfriend. And and I got to say, I like this scene because... Roddy McDowell is just like, I am an actor, and none of this is real, and I don't want any part of this. Not helping you. <laughs> so, yeah, but Charlie's we like, all right, uh, I guess I got to do this by myself, and he heads home. <laughs> right. That's it. Uh, so he goes, um, at the same time, we see Danbridge as redressed Amy. Um, he's put on some, some soft music. He walks over. Now, we see him bite her. But she's topless. Yes. I, I assume we have to uh, go to the conclusion that he has consummated. Well, um... I mean, it, it, this is this is sort of an interesting uh, theory, however you want to handle it. Because depending on, like, what era vampire you're talking about and stuff, the vampire bite has always kind of been a stand-in for, like, sex. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's the bite, it's the, it's, you know, without getting too... A little explicit. Uh, that that sort of thing has always been, you know, the the the, the lustful sort of like vampire uh, always going after women. That's like a real staple, you know. Yeah. Starting with Dracula, that's yeah. like the very first one. So yeah, I I don't know if 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 he literally consummated that like two humans would, but he definitely consummated it the way a vampire would. Okay, I I mean I kind of I took it as they probably did. Um, uh, yeah, uh, only, yeah. I, I guess either way, it just, it was kind of, because the fade out, you know, and they did it with the first girl, too, that Charlie sees, too, where it's, they That's fade true. out. That's true. The fade out is actually a, a very, very, very telling um, device. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, no no Pee-wee's big advent, or a big top Pee-wee with some trains and, and some fireworks <laughs> well, <laughs> to really, yeah, that's, that's, really let that's everybody know. very on the nose. Also, you know, that, that's what you do in a child's movie, Paul. <laughs> this is a movie for adults. Have you Duh. seen this movie? I kind of expected a train and fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Maybe, maybe you see a bat <laughs> flying into a barn. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it vampire-themed. <laughs> Flying into a tunnel. <laughs> we, see, we see a vampire bat exploding. You know, it's all, it's all vampires. You see garlic going into a press. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> garlic press. <Yeah. laughs> a pencil. A pencil going into a pencil sharpener. A steak. Yeah, yeah exactly. A steak yeah, slamming into a vampire. <laughs> okay, that's a little... That's a little bit too much, but a little much. All right. I was saying right. like a pencil into a pencil sharpener because he was stabbed by a pencil oh, earlier. There we go. Sure. Okay, yeah. I need sure. tea. Okay. Give me, no, you need to wait like ten minutes. Okay. Is it over in ten minutes? We'll get a try. Yeah, probably. Okay. Depends so on how many What do you guys think? <laughs> no, so, so, so Charlie so, yeah, gets so, there. So, um. Vincent right, shows up see. at the same Charlie exact heads, time. Is heading to the house. Yes. Now we can assume Charlie had a good twenty-minute head start. Vincent shows up on time. Although I guess Vincent had a car. He did. Um, they show and up. So, they enter so, the yeah, house. You know, he's he's about to head in, and then you know he shows up. Peter Vincent shows up, and he's like, "Oh, I'm the vampire. Hunter. I've got all my props with me. Yeah, let's go fight this guy." And I actually like this one scene where they're like, "Well, what about the guy with him?" And they're like, oh, that's why I have this gun. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. 
to murder people and vampires <laughs> i'm all set you don't let's know. go a murdering um, i murder the ratings he's i murder he's the so ratings like i murder vampires what he's about to do yeah. he's so excited so they enter the house um danbridge is there he starts to confront him uh we have like i said the vincent and the cross you need more faith this, this is a, the scene we were talking about earlier where he's like oh the cross doesn't work on yeah. me for um, a plot device reason it does work when uh Charlie, Charlie does, does. Yep. but then again, Charlie, I think maybe is a little bit more invested, so maybe he has quote unquote more faith in getting rid of Danbridge, which yeah, is fair. Yeah. And, and I'm okay I, with that. I love the scene because Peter Vincent realizes, like, oh, I'm in over my head, and his first response, of course, is to just run away immediately. 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 Charlie, on the other hand, just gets hit in the head and like flips over a banister yes. and like uh, slams we, onto the ground. We should uh, uh, we should mention that uh, they do shoot and think that they kill Renfield. He wakes up. Eventually, they kill him completely. Uh, yes, with a cross. Yes, that's and all that's that. that's yeah. that's way later because first Peter oh. Vincent flees to Charlie's mom, who is actually <laughs> evil Ed in a wig. Okay, okay, that was pretty clearly Raggedy Ann's hair. A hundred percent. And I like to think Evil Ed brought that wig with him from his LARPing supplies. Hold on. I'm going to top you. He brought it. Charlie is the only person who knows that uh, his mom is working third shift. Yet. Right. Yet. Ed is in that bed waiting. What if no one ever shows up? And I would love, <laughs> I, I would actually just love the scene where, because it took so long for Charlie to get there, Evil Ed is just <laughs> sitting with the thing over his head, just really thinking about what his life is going to be now that he's a vampire. Right. Like, like, it's starting to sink in and he's like, uh, do I have to go to the bathroom anymore? I'm a vampire. I, how does that work? I don't know. What if I wake up in the middle of the night, I mean the middle of the day, and I have to go to the bathroom, put him in my coffin, and if I get out, there'll be sunlight. What do I do? I don't know. I, I've you know like where do I get my to, like, coffin? Really go through all the things. Where do I get my coffin? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. There's no starter kit. <laughs> Free two ounces of blood. And yeah, you're like what? Oh There's man, no, like right. you know, he, like he's just really thinking. Like, wait a minute, is this like a pyramid scheme? <laughs> he bit me, and now I'm his. But if I bite somebody, are they mine, but also his? Like, it trickles up? Like, how does this work? It's the, is it, so you're now, are you implying that vampirism is just a Ponzi scheme? It's it, the original pyramid scheme, vampirism. <laughs> because you bite somebody, right? and then they bite somebody, and then those somebodies bite somebody, and it's just the money just keeps coming up, Paul. It's no, 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 no. Up to the top. I know what you're thinking. How do I get my thralls? You make more thralls. <laughs> That's right. We call this a perfectly sustainable business model. <laughs> yes. Just just keep thralling. Just always remember A, okay, B, okay. T. Always be I, thralling. I can only picture now people <laughs> shredding <laughs> shredding coffins and wood chippers like Enron. <laughs> what do you mean break them so you can stab the vampires no 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 no. when when the pyramid collapses you have to get rid of all the evidence so like yeah, in enron yeah. they shared they shredded all the paperwork so now i just picture like all these renfields wood chipper <laughs> renfields pushing yeah, down, yeah. coffins renfields are just wood chipping everything <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> get rid of all of it boys I, I i want this movie now where it's just the pyramid scheme. it's vampirism the original pyramid scheme <laughs> The Ponzi scheme of Transylvania. Yeah, that's how it started. Uh, so uh, I'm so glad. Evil, glad um, Madoff. Peter, Peter, 
<laughs> Back to the movie. Uh, Peter like, Vincent is terrified fantastic. of Evil Ed. Knocks over a table. Evil Ed decides, hey, I'm a new vampire, so I'm going to turn into a wolf. Because I can. Oh. And then we have... Now, now, Paul, yeah. I'm all about editing around time. Yeah. This is what happens. Yeah. Peter Vincent is on the ground. He is knocked over a table, of course, because the table's broken, so now he has a stake. Yeah, which Willow called before it even... Before you fell. Willow, very savvy. Very savvy. Willow was like, he's going to get a steak, I promise. Nailed it. <gasps> what so if they pulled out a piece of steak, like a slab of meat? No, a slab of meat. <laughs> so that hallway is this like a steak. 10 feet long, maybe, at most. Yeah. We see the wolf running in slow motion. And then we see Peter Vincent in regular motion, being scared. Cut back to the wolf, still slow motion. Back to Peter Vincent, regular motion, still scared. Wolf still running in slow motion. Back to Peter Vincent, normal motion. And I'm just thinking, this whole scene has lasted twice as long as it would actually play out in real life. No, oh, yeah. Where the wolf runs at him and he gets stabbed. Okay, you know what? That's not my problem with this scene, and I'll tell you why. Slow motion and, and stuff like that... I- I, I'm always okay with that because it's building tension. It, it, there's a reason for it. That didn't bother me. What I thought you were going to go into the 45 minutes of him slowly becoming a human again. Where oh, it's like, after so yeah, so so the wolf jumps up, he stabs him, and actually a really good scene where he gets stabbed, hits a chandelier, like does like a somersault, yeah, and then like slams on the ground, and then we have. You you can tell this is where they blew all their effects 100%. money, and they're like, no, 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 no. Oh we made gosh. eight models. We're going to show every one of them for five minutes. Yes. Because yes. that's what we're going to and do. it took so and long. so he is slowly changing it, and the scene could be effective if it wasn't so long. Because you have Roddy McDowell, Gerald in the back who just realized those. <laughs> he killed a child. Yeah. He like like he is horrified that he has just killed a child. Yes, he's it, really scared. It, he's like, oh my god, the, the reality has just sunk in. And I'm with you. If they had shown the transformation, a couple quick clips, yep, or, 100%, or, that's what or something been. like that, and shorten that scene yep. at the end when Roddy McDowell and he, and he sees the human boy realizes what he did. A hundred percent. I think you're right. Roddy McDowell is selling that scene like, how could I have done this? Yeah, yeah. Roddy McDowell's doing a great job in it. It's just the editing. It's so long. I don't even think that it's worried about the kid. He murdered somebody. It's like, uh, yeah, you, you could, you could maybe, feel it either way. Although, just like, imagine it's just, the mob you know, shot Renfield, I guess. That's true. Um, well, that, that's because he already murdered somebody. It's like so, you get your first murder out of the way, and then it's just all downhill from there. Like, you, yeah. you can become a murder machine. Um, uh, you know? Willow, so Willow had just said, though, um, and I said this while we were watching the movie, what is the mother's reaction when she walks yes. through that door after a hard day of her first night working third shift? I've worked third shift. It stinks. It's never good. You could sleep 14 hours through the day. You get home after third shift. You Your clock is off. You walk right. through the door, and there is a dead evil head on your floor. Do you, Not to A, mention do you blood a, everywhere and broken banisters and broken tables. Now, There's clearly been a crazy amount now, of crap happening in your house. Now, I've worked third shift. Do you a freak out and and just lose your mind? Do no. you do you put your keys on the table and go to bed? Yeah. Oh yeah. I will deal with this when I have woken up, and that's exactly what you do. I just can't deal with this now. I cannot deal with this now. I just need five good hours, and yeah. I will try and figure out why why Ed is dead on my floor. <laughs> now. I mean, like, like the scene. The scene is there are parts of that scene that's great where he's like reaching out to Roddy McDowell yeah, yeah, as he's yeah. dying, Wait, and you know, Roddy McDowell doesn't want to touch him because he's like a horrible creature. It's it's good. 
Guys, what if the mom just comes home and she and like he like usually just falls asleep on their floor apparently because like that's his best friend or whatever and she's that like, like something oh you're you just high evil ed what's up oh going bed oh now. naked evil ed on the floor again and it's tuesday all right <laughs> and tuesday. oh god well you guys well. should i like, put on some pants? i really That'd hope be that, great. thank I'd, you i'd really like to hope that that is not the case but <laughs> knowing evil ed it very well could be it could be. All right, you passed out on drugs again. I'll make you the the fix in the morning. Anyway, so an an important scene in this is that uh, Vin- Peter Vincent takes the stake out of Evil Ed and now heads across the yard. Yes. To, okay. And then this to is- now the house is just like a dry out ice house because fog is just like pouring out, out of this yeah. house like it's on fire and it's smoke. <laughs> it's just going crazy. Uh, yeah. So and this is okay. Now this is where. Um, you finally see Renfield get shot. He eventually melts. Um, because I guess yep. he's a mix of uh, slime from you can't do that in television and sand. Right. Yeah. So they shoot him a bunch of times and he's fine, but then they jam a stake in him and he just begins to melt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I think they're just like, oh crap, we really got to finish this movie. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything cool we could do with this guy to kill him? Uh, I could make his like skin melt off. That's pretty rad. Yeah, let's do that. That's or a nuclear explosion. No, that's at the very end. Uh, so so anyway, we see Amy. Dawn Amy comes. has become yeah. a vampire. They're trying to track down uh, Dan, uh, Danbridge. Yeah, I, I, and you, we can just get to just, them fighting. It goes on for a long time. Can but we they get wind to all the window the smashing and then how he's still standing in the light alive? Well, it takes a while. To. It's like fire. You know, you don't just burn to death immediately. Right. It takes a while. Well, so basically, oh they fight Danbridge. He goes into the basement where his coffin is because dawn is breaking. All the clocks are ringing. Yeah, the, yeah, all um, the clocks have gone off, which is the one thing that they were set up to they do. They both, um, Vincent and Charlie, follow him down. Um, Amy comes downstairs, um, and she starts to fight Charlie. He barely gets we have, away. We have Amy. Amy is now a super sexy vampire Amy. Yes. Uh, wow. Uses tries to use uh, her body to trick Charlie. That doesn't work. She I then think tries guilt, which works. Growth hair. Do you, do you think hair at growth. that point? You think when she initially tries to seduce Charlie and he's still like, "No, I can't do this." Do you think she just goes, "Son of a bitch, what do I got to do for this guy?" <laughs> yeah, I paid five hundred bucks. Look, look, he ignored me the first time because he saw a casket. I became a vampire for this guy. I paid five hundred dollars. What? What's it gonna take for this guy? <laughs> yeah, man. So I feel bad for you, Amy. Yeah, I feel bad for you. So anyway, they fight. Eventually, they get to the coffin. He's in the coffin. Vincent has the stake, but clearly goes way, <laughs> way long on the hit and hits him like. Like barely in in the flesh, um, doesn't hit his heart. I guess we're supposed to think that he did and that it didn't work. Yeah, I'm, mm. the, the, they don't really go out of the way to explain if the stakes work, especially because spoiler alert: it turns out Evil Ed isn't dead at the end of the film. Evil so Ed I guess stakes don't kill them. Is what, yeah. or you have to go deep enough in and not take the stake out. Maybe I, I, because, I, I because you see him, he rips the stake out. From him, and then he's like, "Fine." Yeah. So I don't. I'm. I'm with you. It's um, a little, a little wishy washy. Yeah. So they fight. Yeah. Um. They break a window. Some light gets in. Um. Charlie starts breaking all the windows, and eventually Danbridge explodes in in a fiery gray. Um. This is where the last of their budget went. Oh yeah. Uh. Into the skeleton scene, which, by the way, looks awesome. It's looks really great. good. The the I give full credit to the special effects and makeup. 
Very good yeah. job. And and I will also say, uh, very amazing that you have a basement where every window has sunlight pouring into it at all angles at 6 a.m. in the morning. Duh. Uh, very amazing. Well, um, look, vampires are really good at finding victims and converting people. Not good in the real estate market. Not good. Not good knowing which direction east is. You think is. No. before he was dying, he's in the real estate market, and he was like, oh my goodness, property thing goes down. <gasps> the property value going down more. Oh, just take the whole house at the end. Then he exploded, and then they're like, oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yep, so they because they killed Danbridge so quick, Amy's normal again. Yes. Yes. Okay, and, how did that work? Because then the vampire race would never go on if their masters always died, and then everyone well, else from them. Well, died. you only have you only have until at least what they said in the film is because she was turned that evening. You have until dawn Ugh. to get her back. So you only have like six hours or whatever Honestly, before you're a hundred percent vampire. Now, now taking it a step further, going to your Dracula theory, and this has come up in other things, specifically I remember Supernatural, but some other shows and movies, is they always, because Dracula is the most famous vampire, it's always said that he was the first vampire. Whatever curse he he's got. He's the original? He's the original. So what he did is every time he creates a new spawn, more and more of them go out and create more and more and become masters. But He's the best and greatest and most powerful of all the vampires, so he never dies. Like, other than Bram Stoker's Dracula, in every other mythos, Dracula is always the king, and he's never died. So vampirism never gets washed away. I don't know how Twilight handles it. Probably with some sort of, I don't know, um, ice monster, or maybe there's a a mermaid. I don't know. Yes, we know Vampire Shimmer. Um, but anyway, anyway uh, I think I think they handle it with um, oof, mermaids is hard to beat. I got to be honest. Oh, let's see. Centaurs. Centaurs. <laughs> Horcrux. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the vamp's dead. End of the movie. We see Charlie and his girl on the bed. Mom's downstairs, probably very happy that his her son is finally going to be a man. But very sad that that next door neighbor is done. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> you think the mom was just like, did you have to kill him? You know, I really felt a connection there, Charlie. You, you really, you're really doing your mom wrong here, Charlie. You're really bumming really. me out. <laughs> you're a bummer, Charlie. Now, a go bummer. find a new family. Now, okay. Uh, and, and by the way, yes, we we hear Evil Ed. The end. Um, I have a question for you, Greg. Yes, because you're you're a married man. As am I. Uh, as of now. What? Do you think in the years to come when Charlie and Amy marry and they move on? I hope they don't get married. And, and, and relationships change and shift. Do you think at some point Amy's telling Charlie to take out the trash and Charlie's just like, oh, you want me to take out the trash? You mean like that trash vampire you slept with? Oh, that never that never goes <laughs> away. We've talked about drunk? things like this before. <laughs> that is brought up every time there's an argument. Every argument. Every <laughs> single time. Are you going out with your friends again? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Would you would you rather me I go out with Mr. Danbridge? Fine, you can go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time. Every Which time. eventually, of course, leads her to finding herself in the arms of another vampire. Uh, inevitably, yes, you will drive them away into exactly where you complained they were in the first place. Yes. yes. Okay, I just want to make sure that, that was you thought that was the same thing. 100%. Okay, uh, Greg... 
Uh, actually, yes. uh, you said uh, you, you did the uh, what I remember first. Well, I will do the first. Uh, was this rad? Is this rad? Uh, going into this, I I probably say it was rad. Um, again, it wasn't a movie I watched. I don't know how well it did in theaters. Um, they made it a remake of it, so I guess it was at least known. But I do remember it being a movie that was, you know, from the 80s, like Lost Boys and some of the other ones. So I'm I'm sure in that regard, it was probably rad, you know, amongst older kids that were okay with scary things. Um, that's what I would say. Is this rad? Okay. Was that? I said, okay, that's okay. fair. Uh, is this still rad? It's not. It, it, it's, it's very hokey. It's very cheesy. Um, like I said, the first... The first half of this movie, I, I, legitimately, you can ask Willow. I was looking at her and going, "This is a comedy, right? This is a comedy horror. This is not supposed to be serious." And then when you get to the end of it, and you're like, "Okay, the like that the like um the evil Ed scene with as the wolf and the final like those are good, but I don't know what it is. I just I never took Danbridge seriously. Uh, Charlie comes across very very whiny." Like, unlike um, Lost Boys um, or, or Monster Squad, for that matter, God, man, even those kids were, like, had way more togetherness than, than Charlie does. So, yeah, I just found it very, I just didn't like it. It was very stupid to me. Um, okay. Yeah, just not for me. How about you, sir? Uh, definitely, it was definitely rad. I mean, it spawned a sequel, I think, in 85 or something. Um, you should watch There was sequel. definitely a... A Fright Night Part 2, um, and there was, um, I, I always remember seeing this, the cover of it, I don't know if you know what the cover of um, of this looks like, it's a very specific kind of cover, it's like the house with like, kind of like fog above the house. Yeah, it's like a face in it. There's like a vampire yeah, yeah, face yeah, yeah. In, yeah. The, in the fog, uh, it looks very much like Return of the Living Dead, actually, which I think basically just stole the movie poster, <laughs> it looks almost identical. Or I don't know if Return of the Living Dead came out first. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, so yeah, this was this was definitely rad. This was uh, definitely one of the radder vampire movies of the '80s. Uh, there's not a ton of them. And is this film still rad? I really enjoyed watching this movie. Uh, yeah, to me, this movie is very still rad. Uh, the premise of being a high schooler trying to fight vampires is kind of cool. Uh, even if you're a whiny vampire who <laughs> really doesn't fight any vampires and gets other people to fight them for you. Um, I, I, I like the, the, the premise of like the actor having to rise up and actually become what he's pretended to be all his life. And I like the sort of uh, morality tale that this tells where it's, it's sort of classic vampirism meets kind of 80s sensibilities. I think it, it, it meshes, uh, pretty well. And I, I, I give this a rad. Okay, I cool. think it's really, really solid as far as 80s movies go. Okay. Willow, Willow, how much did you hate this movie? I don't know. Like, I really just hate the timing of it. Like, it just went too slowly for me. And it I will dragged. agree with you 100% that this is, this movie's an hour and 46 minutes, and I think it could be, like, an hour 20. That's what I was about to say. You could give a 25 on this, no problem. Whoa. Okay. But, like, I feel like if, like, I was on my phone and I just wanted something in the background, I would put this on, so I guess I can call it rad, because I don't hate it as much as all the other movies. <laughs> wow, Willow, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Wow. I'm kind of not. I, as I was watching this movie, I kind of thought this was a movie where, like, 
she's not going to be over the moon with it. Like, go, I know it's going back way back, but Heather's. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. were just so over the moon with that. Oh, my goodness. My first day in California, I had a plaid red dress, and my nails were blue and red, and I had a red scrunchie. It was, like, kind of awesome. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I was killing it that day. <laughs> so so, so right. I kind of thought going halfway through this movie, I'm like, this is probably going to be a rad movie for Willow. Not a super rad, but just something that she'd probably like. Like you said, you'd watch in the background. Um, nothing, nothing you'd go out of the way to watch. But I'm, I'm not shocked. It's, wow, it's it's just it's rare. It's I can't remember the last movie Willow said was rad. I don't know. If you're looking at me for an answer, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was I, a while ago. I, I honestly am going to have to like look at the movie list we did. <laughs> yeah, right. I stopped keeping track of that spreadsheet on our website like a year ago. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so that's it. We've come to the end of the the show. Uh, what do we do every time? We thank Mr. Our, Bibbs. We thank Mr. Bibbs, our Whoa. patron. We thank Mr. Bibbs. Uh, if on. you're ever wondering why we thank Mr. Bibbs, besides being a really cool dude, uh, he is a patron of ours or a sponsor or however you want to call it. So basically um, he donates to the podcast to help us keep going. Um, not a lot, just uh, but enough to kind of keep the show going from month to month. And if uh, you'd like to donate and help us keep it going as well, we'd appreciate it. And you can do that at this was Uh You can find us on iTunes, uh, give us five stars and a rating uh, with some comments. That'd be awesome. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I got to kind of pick up on that a little bit. And that's uh that's about it. Anything else there from you Greg as far as uh um I try to I try to give shout outs to podcasts that I've been listening to. Um I've been listening to Rogue Riffers. Uh I like their podcast because they do something kind of interesting, uh something that we had talked about doing and then ultimately decided not to because we're not crazy like the guys over at Rogue Riffers where they do an episode like we do. They watch a movie and talk about it, but then all together they watch the entire film and do a commentary track for the film that they watched. Oh, uh, Riff Tracks or MST3K. Yeah, very, very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, the guys are absolutely crazy. Uh, very, very fun. I, I like, uh, you know, I, I don't do the, the track because I don't have time to watch more movies for this podcast because, uh, as you know, I've been forcing myself to watch every Fast and the Furious movie mm. in about the past two days. I'm sorry. But, um... <laughs> Life's going great, Paul. Thanks for asking. Um, I've also know. been listening to uh, CNC Geekcast uh, uh, again. Uh, yeah, I've just, actually listened uh, to them quite a bit movies. myself. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, I've listened yeah, to them great, myself. Great podcast, definitely well, uh, well worth your time. Yes. So those are the two that I've been, I've been trying to plow through on my uh, drives to and from work. And uh, Greg, I am always concerned about your life. Well, I'm, I'm your meal ticket with this sweet podcasting money we've been making. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm not saying. Either one of us aren't irreplaceable. I mean, yeah, but, no, I think I'm you're not, both replaceable. Not, uh, no, I don't have the hubris. <laughs> There's only one person here who's irreplaceable, and I think we both know who that is. Yes, the dog, PB. Gregory. PB. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just, just uh, Our next movie. Our next movie. Our next movie was supposed to be Space Camp. Which but guess what? I'm that movie so... is not rentable online. I'm so ticked because I, genuinely. That was a movie I legitimately you space loved. Buds? What? Space Buds. Space no. Buddies. Or Beethoven. Wait, no, that's space a sad buddies. movie. You're thinking of Air Bud. Space Buddies, when they go to space. Yeah. No, but there's, which is based on Air Bud. Which, yeah, even... it's, 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 it's part of the Air Bud. Uh... Willow, I had a point. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, I point Paul, at the what, end. what were you saying before you got interrupted, which won't happen anymore come episode 101? 
So yeah, we have a plan for that. Duct tape. I cannot wait when we reveal that you're having her vocal cords cut, but still keeping her on the podcast. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna. Yeah. Uh, you so, know she's just going to show up with a speaking okay. spell. Because it's 80s. I just swear. Keep going. We're doing real genius. That's it. I'm Paul. <laughs> I'm great. I'm Willow, and I'm angry, but I'm going to say it after to not throw shade in public. You want to make love or not?